Evan, hi. Evan, hi. Mm. This is episode 228 of the Rum Doings podcast. That was a car that just drove past uh, in John's house. If you imagine, imagine living near was. a road. And being so hideously, morbidly obese that you can't leave a window closed for 20 minutes. I the think windows you should... are closed because it's jolly chilly outside. Kill yourself now. Why do I have to kill myself because my double glazing isn't as good as it could be? That's a capital offence, just like, like other capital offences I've, I've heard of today. Like, for example, judges coming to a judgment. That's also a capital offence. All sorts of capital offence. The topic today is, since it is clear we cannot be trusted with cotton buds and ears, it's about time they were banned. That's, that noise is actually unbelievable. It sounds like you have the Starship Enterprise warping past your window. You, are, you have a very delicate ear. You really do. I've completely I, tuned it out, and it doesn't even it doesn't even create a flicker on the on the line on Audacity. So I just I just pray to my Lord Jesus that this doesn't appear on the sound wave that our dear listener will hear. It seems very unlikely, and even if it does, most normal people have experienced the sound of the odd car driving past without dropping instantly dead. Maybe it's that I'm no longer used to the hideous sound of an internal combustion engine. There's another one. Because uh, I, we have just bought a fully electric car. Oh, you've gone fully heavy. We're only hybrid. We're fully electric. We bought the Renault Zoe and we're 100% electric and it gets plugged in every night. That is. Does it really have to be plugged in every night? No, but it feels safe and cosy to do so. It's like tucking it into bed. <laughs> I mean, well, the, this this car's got between eighty. Now and... I'm hearing all the traffic noise that I'd never normally <laughs> notice. Good. This this uh, car's got between eighty and ninety miles in range, and considering we never really drive more than twenty or thirty, that's fine. But the next version of the battery is going to come out with four hundred kilometers in range, and that will be interesting. Oh my! I, actually, I can't speak to you anymore if you don't stop all those cars right now. <laughs> You've gone completely bonkers. Are you it's recording? The same every week. The cars have been there every week. You must have a, a different microphone that's used no, to picking up the game. Everything's exactly the same. I've just double checked that none of the windows are a crack open. They're not. They're all closed. I think your Tell microphone. What, though, that window. I can see a window that looks very problematic. Really? What's it doing? Is it is it the label on it that's especially there to transmit the sound of cars into rooms? No, it, it is. ISO nine thousand. The, the window has a car engine. Oh, you've actually embedded a car engine into your window pane, and every by, and every time you mistake, and every time you press the space bar, it revs. Okay, right. that would understand it now. Okay, good, 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 good. So I, you've got a car. So you're, you're you can never drive anywhere now. Well, we can't. I never want to drive more than a hundred miles anyway. We'll take the train, which we kind of do anyway. What we thought was, since we're no longer paying for petrol, we're no longer paying for car tax and all that kind of stuff. The, the, a small amount of the money we saved for those one or two times a year where we want to drive over 100 miles, we'll rent a car and still come out quids in. A proper in. grown-up car for grown-ups. Yeah, and it's it's much nicer to drive this car than a petrol car because you get to knock over pedestrians because they can't hear you coming. So I saw your wife, Victoria, tweet something about this where she yes. said that she turns off the wine. So tell me about the wine. There is an artificial noise that makes it sound like a spaceship. goes as you drive past. Right. And there's a little secret button by your knee that you can press that turns us off so that you're completely silent. Stealth mode. See, I like our it. car, because it's a hybrid. Yes. Um, it does, it's completely electric under about 20 miles an hour. Hmm. 
And so it doesn't bother with the fake noise. So when you pull away, it's completely silent and utterly terrifying. It, it feels like you've got a ghost in your car, doesn't it? Yeah. I find the, the, the weirdest thing is when you put it, when, you, when you're reversing out of a parking, so the first thing you do is reverse. Mm-hmm. And you know that usually the reverse gear on a petrol car is the most whiny. That's what a reverse gear usually sounds like. Whereas, of course, you reverse... And the car's kind of moving like a ghost. That's it. I, I noticed this only yesterday when Laura was backing out the drive and took in complete silence. It was, it was unsettling. The other thing this car has is uh, cruise control. Oh yeah, I've had cruise control for some time. I, I now refuse to have a car without it. It's because uh, I didn't. I've never uh, wanted nor understood what it really does. I've, I like the idea of it, mm. but uh, what I didn't know cruise control <laughs> can do is accelerate. Yes. Yes. It is so fantastically fun to... Uh, I was driving somewhere <coughs> yesterday, mm-hmm. I think. I don't remember when I was driving somewhere, Tuesday. And uh, I was. it was a 50 mile an hour limit and there was a big steep downy weight hill and then up and then it went up. Mm-hmm. And it broke, it tried to, it used, it changed down the gears to artificially brake mm-hmm. um, on the way down. And then it just really went for it on the way back up the hill. And it was so creepy that the car is accelerating for me. You th- I love it. You think that that's creepy. Wait till you've used adaptive um, cruise control, like on the, uh, on the Tesla, which I've done a test drive of. And that is you set the speed you want to go. And if it finds another car in front of it, so you catch up to the car, mm-hmm. it then keeps to the speed of the other car. The next the- model up of our car, of our, we've, so we've got the Prius, uh, yes. the Prius Plus, which is the giant seven-seater one. Um, and the next model up has the uh, has the dynamic cruise control thing. So you can but, just set it on the motorway and just drive at the speed of the car in yeah, front. But there's something even scarier. What... Um, Never mind the motorway, it does it even in stop-start traffic on the uh, on the Tesla. But even more scary than that is it's autopilot, it keeps you in lane. So you don't Ooh, have to I'd steer. I'd love to try it. I did try it on the M1 and I was too scared and said, take your hands off, it will steer. And it did steer behind a lorry and it was very scary. Also, you put the indicator right to say you want to change lane and the car automatically changes lane when it's safe to do so. <laughs> All the robots are are, are, are getting are, are finally taking over, and I'm so happy. It's lovely, isn't it? it is, there are things I've, I'm thinking about recently that I'm really excited. I live to see. Mm-hmm. So I did. I can't remember if I wrote about this on 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 the on the support program on RPS last week. So I'm a bit nervous. I said it on Rum Doings too. No, you did uh, not. Okay. So the, uh, the things like so I realise with disappointment that I'll never see colonisation of Mars. I won't live long enough to witness that. No. But Toby may see humans reaching Mars. He won't see colonisation, but he may see humans reaching Mars. I don't think so, but maybe. Yeah, I don't think that's unrealistic in the next 70, 80 years that that, that could happen. Oh, no, we're going to stop all that quite soon. Yeah, I anyway, disagree. Carry. So, yeah. um, but I did live long enough to see um, self-driving cars. That's very cool. Oh, um, well, not quite. Come now, come now. In special environments, yes. What are you talking about? The Tesla self-drives perfectly well. Sort of, but you, it won't take you from a to z without intervention because it's not allowed to rather than because it can't anyway yes carry on there's no reason at all why it couldn't just wire itself up to google maps and go off for a drive on its own and really and then when you and when you finally arrive at the shopping center and they've slightly changed the parking layout how does it uh, how does it know where to park every single is interesting yes. yeah every single one of those parking spaces will need to be in a, a live database completely updated 
Uh, and you're going to trust Brent Cross to do that? Mm. Well, there's already there are a bunch of apps, Park Hero and things like that, which are paying, especially in America, paying parking lots to be chipped and registered so they can recognise when there's an empty space and then direct users of their app to that exact space. Mm. So there's potential there. There's potential there, but I think we'll need that sort of intervention. I agree. Uh, I think we'll need some intervention of the environment. I don't think we can just do it by putting more sensors on the car. There'll need to be some cooperation. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's fine. Okay, so self-driving cars you're hopeful about. What else? Um, AI. I've go- I'm going to live long enough to see the, 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 the vestigial AI. Vestigial AI, I'll agree. You're not going to yeah. have how? No, no, no. No. But I'm, I'm going data. to see... Or you're not going to have commander data. So, yeah, so last week we were playing around with our, with our phone assistants. And they are not AI. They're just speaking computers. But they're, they're the, the, the very first step on that journey. And you can clearly see that Google intends for Google Assistant to become AI. Yes. Um, so and that's going to happen in the next decade, probably. We're going to start seeing the first steps toward it. I saw all the, you were having great fun with your Google Assistant, weren't you? And she said I was. some quite interesting things. Well, you've been, I assume you've got your Pixel now. I do, yes. So have you ever asked Google Assistant, have you ever asked her... Um, uh, oh, I've forgotten the code phrase. I'm so rubbish. Kill me. Kill me now. I know. I haven't asked her to do that. Shall I ask her? Yes. Shall I ask her to do that, really? Yes. Uh, okay, so I've, I've got this phone up in the moment. Take out a hit on John Walker. So, okay, Google, kill me now. <laughs> I won't. Oh. That's disappointing. Why won't you kill me? I don't understand. You, oh, there's your AI, John. Yeah, I know. I didn't say it was AI yet. Tell me a joke. Joke coming up. Can a kangaroo jump higher than a house? Of yes, course. houses can't jump. Houses can't jump. With a little uh, emoji of a house. I like I like her cheeky use of emojis. I hadn't noticed yes. that until you uh, posted <laughs> links to it. <laughs> anyway, uh... How are we going to kill these three judges, one of whom is actually gay, you know? Are we going oh, to string no. them up or are we going to stow them, them get, One of them gets paid to do their job. Yeah. Are we going to string them up or are we going to firing squad? Um, well, I just think we should maybe go for something a little bit more traditional. Yes. And drag them behind a horse. Hang, drawing, hanging, drawing and quartering. Indeed. Excellent. Excellent. Is the irony of what's happened just not the most delicious thing ever people who go on about sovereignty and when three judges who actually understand what sovereignty means under the british constitution apply that test and protect that version of sovereignty the very brexiteers who are whinging about sovereignty call them traitors i think unbelievable clear quite clear bias on your part because what is your father's job oh yes He's a sovereignty supporter. He is, isn't he? Uh, I also absolutely, uh, as somebody said, it's it's always very good news when politicians come out wanting to abolish the independent judiciary because of a politically inconvenient ruling. That's always that's always a good sign about the maturity and stability of your country, isn't it? Well, I think you have to be careful because what about people like Justices Hug and Tug and Hat and Evie who uh, who hand out super injunctions? That's fine. You can whinge it's not about. Fine. No, it is fine. You can whinge about them, and then you take them to appeal. 
But and you they always, always lose it to peel those yeah, tops. But, but you why don't... Do, but, okay, but here's my question. Why, when when both of them have proven to be mendacious and deliberate in their handing out of these uh, extremely dubious injunctions, and they're always, always overturned by higher courts, why aren't they fired? Because the ability to fire a judge because they make rulings that you find inconvenient not inconvenient incorrect over consistently overturned by higher courts it's too it's, it's different too, from inconvenience it's too dangerous that, that to give that power to any overarching authority is too dangerous so what you do is you allow there to be one or two incompetent or rogue judges so long as the appeals process is robust which it very much is I just don't understand how you can say there's nothing a judge can do that does, that proves them incompetent at their job. Uh, there is plenty a judge can do that proves them incompetent at their job. There are then what sanctions are appropriate and useful and protective of society as a whole. And firing a judge because he makes a judgment to, uh, a, 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 which you disagree with is problematic. Even I'm if not you're... talking about what I disagree with. I'm what I'm talking about is is proven to be unlawful. No, that's uh, that's only post factum. You can't. That's after the event. You can't do that. It's just too dangerous. Now, if if a judge were proved to have taken bribes or been corrupt in a specific way, then yes, you would have sanctions. But just because. The judge, uh, there are a number of successful appeals against that judge is not a good enough reason to say, right, we need to fire that judge. Are you, Nick, willing to say that Lord Justice Evie is a paedophile? Yes. (laughs) But again, that doesn't disqualify him from being a judge, does it? (laughs) I'm not. I just want to say I'm not willing to say that. Why aren't you willing to say that? Because he is a very powerful man and and probably not a paedophile. That's I think my two main reasons for not want, not being okay with saying. Look, in all seriousness, I think it is very unlikely that Judge Evie is not a paedophile. <laughs> I think it's, it's it's almost vanishingly unlikely. Now, I will give him the benefit of the doubt and assume okay. it's a very small possibility that he isn't. But I think that would be a false hope, don't you? <laughs> No, I disagree for the sake of my not going to prison with you. No, okay. it's not going to prison, I object to. It's going with you. <laughs> we'll set, we'll, we'll, uh, it'll be like the end of The Producers where we'll make a, a musical in prison. My favourite uh, bit of The End of The Producers is that it's ended. What do you mean? It's a terrible, awful, awful, terrible film and I hate it. You're just racist. Yeah, is that right? <laughs> Against whom am I racist? Against Nazis and Jews. <laughs> it's the giant racist against Nazis, the Nazi race. The, the red Nazi They're my race. least favourite of the races. That's hideous to say. I'm going to ban you from the uh, from the uh, from the Olympics for saying that thing. Are you? How dare you? That's fair. Oh my goodness! It makes me so angry how bad that film is. The, the scene that makes me the most angry. The whole thing is just based on the, everything that makes sitcoms horrible. Just stupid lacks of lacking of communication in in unrealistic ways makes me so angry but the scene that makes me absolutely livid is when the dancers on the stage form a swastika in a pattern that no one in the whole audience can see hold on what about the people in the gods there is no not even the people in the gods the it it requires it uniquely requires the overhanging top-down camera perspective to make any sense of that pattern it makes me so angry. How dare this film be so adulated when it's just not not thought through on any level. So so what you're saying is that not only do these three judges, including a gay one, 
need to be hung, drawn, and quartered. Hung, drawn, and quartered, yes. But, 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 you're, but you're now going to uh, execute Mel Brooks with a firing squad. I just, I just want everyone to understand that Mel Brooks... Mel Brooks also made Spaceballs. Let's stop pretending he's some comedy god. He is a comedy god. <sighs> Dracula uh, dead and loving it. Who's going to win um, the presidential election, John? Well, it's obviously going to be Donald Trump, because then I get 50p off of you. It's going to be Hillary Clinton. People need to stop being hysterical. Good night. But even Mr. 538's getting a bit scared. Mr. 538 just wants a bit of drama. You loved him last week! He just wants a bit of drama. It's all nonsense. Well, the only reason I can see for Mr. 538 and his compatriots to to start to worry is just just to encourage people to go out and vote. Yes. So people don't sit on their bottoms and let Trump voters. Which they won't. I mean, again, uh, I'm becoming increasingly... um, Ugly. Yes, but I'm also becoming increasingly convinced that a Trump win would be better. I know, but you're not increasingly convinced. You were wholly convinced of that already. No, but before it was a kind of a little... Uh, oh, you were being arch after all. I was being arch. It was, it was a mind game. I was thinking, actually, this won't be too bad. But, but now I'm thinking in a kind of quite utilitarian sense that a lot of good will come from a Trump win. I think that it would destroy the Republicans and revivify the Democrats so interestingly that I'm kind of hoping it happens. What is your evidence for this? Because I can't see any strong evidence for this idea that... Uh, as someone being an absolute extreme fixes anything. I mean, look at Labour. No, Labour isn't, isn't, no, 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 no. Tatters as, uh, no, isn't, I agree. I agree. But, but it's, the, cons- the, conservatives- the problem is not Trump. The problem is the person who is a competent Trump. We are very lucky to have an incompetent, bombastic, ADHD-riddled fool who is hated by his own party now in the position possibly to win. He won't, but uh, would that he were. And... That sort of person cannot hold uh, a, a, an administration for more than a year and nothing will happen. The Democrats would be so impeccably imposed against everything he stood for. He'll try and get rid of um, Obamacare and he won't be able to. Then let's assume he manages to crawl through to, a, uh, to the midterms. He, his, uh, any, any uh, majority had in the House would be completely wiped out. And then the, the Democrats would be able to pick a proper candidate, not one that's from a compromised legacy. And then we'll have interesting things happening. It, it, it takes your argument about what makes better telly, but yeah. also combines it with genuine, with what I think are genuine, uh, liberatory forces within politics. It's like a catalyst. A catalyst can cause a, a violent reaction which can nevertheless produce interesting results. And at the moment, I think that uh, America needs something akin to a revolution to deal with some of the systemic problems well, you've, it has. I, I, I know you've been making that argument for at least 15 years that America yeah. needs a revolution. And I think it's been coasting for about 15 years and it, we're, we're in the fumes at the moment. And I'm very interested to see what can be done about that now. But do you I, not it, think the more likely revolution, if America were ever to revolt, it's going to be the Trump supporters who will do the revolting? I agree. But that's why we need them to think that that's what they've got now to completely uh, enervate them when they realise what their man actually does in reality. It's like when the BNP wins power or UKIP wins power in, in a local council. 
you know the script, John. You know what's going to be happening next, don't you? Well, of course, but, but I don't think people who are genuine supporters genuinely take that on board. They just bad apple the way out of it. They don't take that on board initially, but eventually it becomes pretty damn obvious. Remember how very, very unpopular George W. Bush was at the end, even with his own supporters. He was a complete lame duck, and he was a personable chap. He was somebody who didn't do the bombastic things that uh, Trump did. You compare that with Trump, he's not going to be able to bite his tongue and withhold saying bitchy things every two years. Oh, that's true. So what's, but what's your argument for his going within a year? How, do, how does that work? What's the model for that? I think that one of his uh, criminal cases will catch up with him. He, there, he's under about 50 different well, criminal cases, but he's under about 50 different investigations. I think something awful will come out and he will have to resign and... It will also be a case of, uh, since he won't be getting any cooperation from his party or the Democrats, I think he will just quit. Re- this guy is a quitter. The number, yeah, of times, yes, yes, yes. the number of times he's declared bankruptcy or he's abandoned his businesses or he's just given up on projects. This man gives up. He's a serial giver-upper. And the presidency is one of the most complicated, stressful jobs that you can do. He's not up to it. He's thick and he's mm-hmm. a quitter and he's a privileged daddy's boy who will suddenly get what he thinks that he wanted, and then he'll be bored with it for for a start within a day. When he realises the minutiae and the attention to detail, the fact that you get up at four in the morning and deal with with, with briefcases full of papers, he's never done that in any of his businesses, and he's certainly not going to do that here. He will want to give it up as soon as he gets it. I have no doubt of that. Uh, The alternate is that he suddenly turns out to be competent. (laughs) <laughs> which will be inter- which will be an interesting story in and of itself, but I'm prepared to bet against that. But it's all theoretical because he's not going to win. Hillary Clinton will win. Uh, some of this, I've been reading some of the leaked emails, actually, rather than just looking at the Fox News reports about them. There are some genuinely concerning things out there. The Clinton Foundation clearly was a money laundering organization used to buy favor and which the Clintons themselves personally pocketed hundreds of millions of dollars with. That's, that's, I, I've no doubt of that. Whether we, the, the point is now, does that matter? Is this a bit like in the French election where they had Le Pen versus Chirac and they said, they said, hold your nose and vote for the crook, not the fascist. Right. And, and, and is this the case where voting for the crook, not the fascist is the thing to do? Because you hope that once she's finally in the White House, all the quid pro quos and things that were promised to the Clinton Foundation, uh, will, there'll be enough light shining on them that they won't go through. And that's what I'm hoping will happen. I just hope that suddenly a lot of favors won't be, um, w- w- won't be called in. And that it will be impossible for her to do that, even if she wants to, because she'll be under such scrutiny. So that's my hope. My hope is that all these revelations have meant that she'll be kept on her toes in her presidency and she won't be able to do some of the things that she promised some of her uh, uh, her uh, funders to do. So that's my, my hope uh, in when she when she wins, which she will. What's your hope? Uh my hope, no, your realistic hope. Yeah, my, my realistic hope is that she wins. What I really want to happen is that she wins by a sizable majority. Mm-hmm. I sort of send a message because the, if it is 51 to 49, as all American elections seem to be, mm-hmm. then you're going to have this disenfranchised 49% of America's most disenfranchised people. Hmm. Um, people aren't necessarily there are lots of people who are voting for Trump because they're bigots and because they're cruel and stupid and selfish but there are Hmm. also lots of people voting for Trump because they 
don't live in the big cities because they are marginalised by American culture. Yeah. Because they uh, are, that a way of life isn't respected or recognised. And they're also rightly know they have been screwed by the oligarchy. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So these people... Uh, did, you, did, did, you, did you hear... Uh, you know, I, I'm certainly not a fan at the moment of uh, Michael Moore, but did you hear his yeah. talk? No, I didn't, because I ignored it because of everything else he said for the last five years. It's worth listening to because he actually, rather than just ranting about uh, about Trump, he makes those people's case. And he says, yes, there are unpleasant people and there are bigots, but actually, you know, there are people who see Trump quite legitimately as they think it's their final chance to throw a spanner into the machine that's ground them down. Yeah, absolutely. That makes perfect sense. And if, I would, uh, I would, I'm very rarely say this, but I would advocate people listening to, uh, what he has to say. Because I, I, I do think, I do think this is different from UKIP. Uh, and I'll tell you why. I think most UKIP people are actually bigoted. I think most people, uh, have not been affected by the things that they think they've been affected by. They are usually uh, people who um, have this vague notion and have been manipulated into oh, yes, assuming. Yes. Well, there's no, uh, there's no, there's no doubt. All the all the graphs and maps show that if the people who are most against immigration are the people least, af- least, I, I, I hesitate to use the word affected, but the least uh, encountering it, at least encountering it. Um, I think that in America it is slightly different in that you've had things like NAFTA and so on. People have literally been told your factory is closing down because we're exporting all your jobs to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, guess what? That Obamacare that was supposed to be so good, uh, your premiums have just tripled. Uh, and, and, oh, and let's underline that it's, it's when you say a factory closing down, a factory closing down in the UK is like, oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. But a factory closing down in a small uh, rural or suburban town in America is the whole town. Everyone works at that factory. Indeed, and that's, that's where a I town think, ruined. That's a ghost town, like Flint. Like, and if you look like at Flint, what, Michigan, of course, like yeah, Michigan, indeed. From. And and so when you have uh, and remember, it was the Clintons that pushed through NAFTA and said it was the most wonderful gold standard treaty ever. And so these people are then said, okay, vote against your interests, vote for more of the same from this oligarchy that screwed you, from the oligarchy mm. that voted to give a lot of money to the banks to bail them out, but hasn't given anything to you and basically has blamed you for getting a cheap mortgage for the whole of that crash anyway. Uh, now vote for them. And then you've got another guy who's shouting out about building walls and bringing jobs back to the US. Even if you don't believe him, you think that guy's shouting the right things and he's pissing off the oligarchs on the other side. So I'm going to use him to throw a a wrench into the system. I completely understand that. Of course, there are also people who just are nasty, racist bigots uh, yes. and misogynists and so on. But and there's a I big think, overlap. That Venn diagram yeah. has a big and there, hole. And there is an overlap. And, and also, we have to be quite perspicacious. There are people who have a strange mixture of compunctions and feelings about these things. And they're not parodies either way. You know, they can be they you you they they can be bigots in a certain sense, but not in another sense. It's a bit like with the UKIPers who um, genuinely have no problem with black British people and do actually see them as British, but have a massive problem with the with the with the pale Romanian coming mm. in. Uh, so we've got to be very perspicacious and careful not to ourselves to be too. Um, black and white about what these but, people actually believe in it's, it's a very complicated and dirty mix of of bigotries and and misconceptions and and i think i was just thinking i watch uh last week tonight john oliver's show and i watch uh full frontal with samantha b 
Mm-hmm. And they're interesting. Obviously, they're both left-leaning. Um, mm. It's to be much farther left-leaning uh, political commentary programs. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also seem to almost have a, an unspoken rivalry. Uh, B has, has even flashed up pictures of John Oliver in her, in her pictures of you know how male-dominated late-night television is in America. Mm. Um, and she is she is very angrily and heavily advocating against voting for third-party candidates. Um, right. because of how destabil- because of how it ensures the wrong person wins. Whereas mm. Oliver said, I think that argument's wrong. He didn't name her, but I've, it seems hard, hard to believe that these two weekly shows aren't watching yeah, each yeah, other. Um, and he went through and said, look, this, he disagrees with the argument saying you shouldn't vote for third party because of this, that and the other. In fact, if you look at the latest polling, um, if you take the third party candidates out, Hillary and Trump still get the same. Yeah, of course. And there is... But he went through and actually looked at the policies of Stein and I can never remember the silly man's name. Johnson. Um, remember, like Boris. Oh, yes. Um, and, and he went through and looked at their actual policies and said, look, here's why you shouldn't vote for these people. It's not because they're third party. It's because they're, they're absolute lunatics. I think he's being a little unfair. I think that, again, that's, that's the parody. I think with people like Stein and indeed Johnson, Gary Johnson, there is, there is a third lunacy, a third perfectly and a third and a third stuff that i absolutely want i completely agree with stein that student tuition should be abolished i think that would be a massive shot in the arm for the united states i agree but now here's the problem so i'm not i'm not really being fair to to john oliver in my summary because he wasn't just saying they're lunatics what he was saying is they they have no legitimate policies so when you look at how stein plans to fund scrapping tuition fees what she suggests is completely unconstitutional it cannot it literally cannot be done is that her mean, her means of paying for it is is completely unthought through and unresearched. So that's the issue. It's a great policy, but she hasn't. She's being really stupid about it. Yeah, and that may well be the case. Uh, there is a very good reason for voting in America, particularly for a third party candidate, and that is if you get them above the five percent threshold, then they get federal funding and they become a bigger voice. They become a bigger voice. But so, I don't want because Gary Johnson's the only one who's got any chance of getting above five percent. He won't. He's looking around seven. Is he now? I, th- yeah. I thought he wasn't. Okay, fine. Okay, so um, if he, but he is a man who could not name a single foreign leader and didn't know what, what Aleppo was. But that's fine. That's what it's libertari- not fine. No, that's it is not Liber- fine. Libertarians don't give a damn about foreign policy. They don't care. Yeah, but you can't be president and not care about foreign policy. Well, you can. You just say we're shutting, we're shutting the borders. We're not giving any aid. We're not invading. We're not uh, assisting. That's it. We're fortress US, and whatever happens inside US is fine. Uh, but they see that, and, and you underline really well my next argument, which is why I don't want to see libertarian causes given more legitimacy. Is because I cannot distinguish them from the extreme right positions that Trump's pretending to take. Yeah, you can because, for example, libertarian is very uh, pro uh, dr- uh, drug legalization. Blah, blah. Yeah, well, blah blah. Who cares? And they should also be Rubbish. a proper libertarian. Should also be pro all things like one hundred percent gay <coughs> rights and trans rights and all those kinds of things. And should want the state never to be bigoted against it. A libertarian would be against NSA intrusion, all those kinds of things. So be careful. It's not quite the same. The, yes, but the authoritarian never, but right is not that. the that's libertarian like saying, right. That's like saying communists are pro-socialism. It's not. It's never the case. The, the, Johnson was asked to name three state departments he'd shut down. And he said he shut down the State Department for Education. I mean, the man is so deeply thick. And, and he is representative of... Like, did you see the... Samantha Bede is amazing footage of going to visit their, their convention. 
and speak it's just speaking to the people in the crowds and showing the speeches that took place there. It was full conspiracy theory lunacy. So he'd shut down the Department of Education. So wouldn't your teacher friend in Chicago do the same thing? I've only heard you have a report about how incompetent uh, the government meddlers are in education in the United States. Surely she'd prefer it if her school were just given money and said, you do what you want, do what you think's best, do what the teachers think's well, I can't, best. Well, I cannot possibly speak for her in that position, but I think anyone with half a brain would realise that's not a viable option in America. You go, well, you go to the deep south and you say, oh, yeah, you can now teach anything you like. Yes. But why not? Because of the consequences. But don't the because consequences then sort time. themselves out? Yeah. Okay. But the kind of, you're kind of then voting No, because you, you are eliminating the, the possibility of the populace having any measure of education to know that they need a government department. I, I'd imagine that California and, and uh, New York would do quite well. So you wanted just a complete breakdown of the United States? You want it to be just break down into individual states again. Well, that's what people, states' rights and all of that. People, you know, people have a, don't like the federal government. And if they don't like it, let's, let's give them a taste of what happens when you do that. Why well, not? I think what a taste of what happens when you do that would be a, a wildly insane 50-way civil war. Yes. I think the consequences so, might be a little bit too extreme for Gary Johnson to get to just rant, roll a dice and shut down half of government. That sounds fun. Why don't we try it? <laughs> You have I to admit it, because John, to quote you it, again, it would be good telly. It would be very good TV. I would watch that show. <laughs> yes. I'm quite well, like, enjoying watching Designated Survivor for that reason. I beg your pardon? Designated Survivor. This is uh, Kiefer Sutherland's new show. What does it do? So, uh, when they have the State of the Union address... A needle-pulling thread. When they have the State of the Union address, uh, it turns out... And this, apparently this is true, West Wing covered this as well, so therefore it's fact... Um, they keep back some lowly, not very important member of of the government um, mm-hmm. in a separate location, just in case someone should blow up the Capitol building. Yes. Um, and so they do this. And Keith Sutherland is the lowly politician who was about to get fired by the president that day anyway, um, mm-hmm. kept aside. And then the Capitol building does blow up. Oh, no. So Huzzah. And so he's the president now. And it's the consequences of that. And the and there's civil unrest around the country. There's one particular state governor who's trying to who, who um, declares martial law. No, no, he does the opposite. Sorry, I, I, I can't remember. It's all very complicated. What's but the yes. opposite of martial law? Oh, no, no, the opposite. Unmartial. You need to watch unlaw. it to understand what I mean by that. But anyway, the um, yes, and so he's having to deal with this sort of breakdown of the fabric of government and the fact that there's only... It turns out there's a, re- a Republican survivor as well, and she's obviously the baddie. Hooray! Mm-hmm, um, and uh, it's just a really interesting perspective of American government in such a crisis. And yeah, so there's that there's this possibility. I hope they the, the worst mistake that show could make was them have pull government back together again, reelect a bunch of people, and it still starts again. Mm. Uh, the good thing they could do is to actually have the state start to destabilize and break down. Yes. That'd be a more interesting telly. The telly, I want it on the telly. I don't want it in real life. I don't want, here's what I don't want. I don't want the history books to have when you, or Wikipedia, to when I go to a list of American presidents. See Donald Trump's name, even if it's for a year. I don't want his name on there. Yeah, but you're happy to see... Clinton, I wasn't happy to Bush, see Reagan. Clinton, I'll say that. Bush, Clinton, Bush. Yeah, Clinton, no, that's Bush. not good either, I admit. But yeah. at least, oh, I don't know. At least they're not Donald Trump. I don't know. I think he's, he's, he's the Joker in the pack. You know, sometimes you need to throw the Joker in the air and see whether he brings the end of the world or catalyzes in something interesting. <laughs> Bored now. Let's bring him in. Let, let's elect him. Go on then. <laughs> okay, you're on, you want to vote Trump. 
Yeah, vote Trump. Everybody vote Trump. Let's shuffle the pack. See what happens. Actually, what would happen would probably be, as I said, it would actually be quite dull in reality. I think he'd last for a year or two, and then there'd be a new president, and that would be it. But it would be a new Republican Sorry, president. Sorry, am I boring you? Really? Oh, well heard. You, it would be a new Republican president, wouldn't it? And it would, so isn't it your fear that a competent evil I, would step in to replace nah, him? I don't think it would be a new Republican president. How uh, could the, it the, not be? That's how it works. There would have to be, be a whole other election. You have to wait four years for that. I've, actually, I'm not sure how the uh, US Constitution works in this regard. Can uh, can there be an early election? Can you call, is it, does it have to be, if, if, a, if a president is impeached, etc., etc., can there be a... Another election? I don't know. Maybe I the listener know. can tell us. Maybe the listener knows. Yeah, that would be useful. But I think it's more likely that. Well, I, I imagine it's being incumbent upon the 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 what do they call them? The 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 president in. To, uh, I can't think of a good term. The president who takes over when the president's dead or fired or whatever. Yes. Um, surely it would be incumbent on him to call that election, and then they wouldn't. And so or her comp- sexist, competent evil. Or no, her. there's no such thing as a female president. Uh, there's no such thing as a female vice president. That's true. You know what is Sarah I've Palin said, could have been. Yeah, yeah, true. I said this. I said this years ago when when it looked like Clinton would be the next nominee. I said, why hasn't the Republican Party groomed and prepared a photogenic, intelligent Latina candidate? Male or female? Yeah, I said Latina. I didn't say Latino. Oh, I'm sorry. My Spanish is terrible. Can you imagine, with with no scandal or back pass, who was witty and how was properly economically briefed and so on, she would have wiped the floor. And would they get this candidate from Unicorn Land? (laughs) Oh, right. You're saying there are no competent uh, uh, Latino or Latino Americans, John? No, I'm saying there are no competent uh, Republicans without dodgy backgrounds. People no, are Republicans you, for a reason. No, but you groom one. You find oh, one so we, in, we, we take, in we some take university department. No, you find someone in some university department or other who is a little bit conservative, you know, uh, maybe because she's Catholic, she doesn't like abortion or whatever. And you say, look, and a similar thing happened with Obama, remember? He was groomed. He was a, uh, they said, this guy is intelligent. He can make things happen. Uh, we want him to be our nominee, we're going to take him from this community organiser through to a senator, through to the presidential candidate. It was all planned. Why couldn't the Republicans do the same thing with a Latina? I prefer my plan of taking a, 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 a child from the womb uh-huh. and just raising her with this one intention. You know, something not too dissimilar from that. The reductor ad absurdum as that is. Something uh-huh. like that. You see somebody who's looking... Uh, why haven't they invested in this? Looked, looked at undergraduate university departments, people doing political or economic degrees. I uh, said, okay, we need a, we need somebody who's a bit dark. Uh, so <laughs> la- Latina la- and, and a woman, Latina or better, heterosexual. <laughs> What's better? Name better than Latina. Oh, uh, a black woman. Wow. Can you imagine an intelligent, somebody, somebody more well, heterosexual? Were you about to say, can you imagine an intelligent black woman? Is that no, what you're I was saying, about to say? Can you imagine that somebody? That's what you're about to say, you racist. I was going to say, can you imagine a more heterosexual Condoleezza Rice who <laughs> who had been groomed from the beginning to I, be president? I don't I don't really see an argument why she doesn't fit, apart from her lack of ambition, to be president, which she's made very clear. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. I think she knows that a lot. But if they got her earlier, yeah, exactly. her, 
Exactly. They should have got her earlier, groomed her to make sure that her narrative worked well with it. And I think if it had been Condoleezza Rice against Hillary Clinton, yeah. Condoleezza Rice would have wiped the floor with her. Because I think Condoleezza so. Rice I is like also Condoleezza far... Rice, despite knowing what she's yeah. voted for in the yeah. past. Condoleezza yeah. Rice is far more intelligent than Hillary Clinton is. She is an intellectual. She is an astonishing woman. And yes, she has backed many of the things that she shouldn't have backed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she has stood by with plenty of people she shouldn't have stood by, but hey, that's politics. In reality, <laughs> she would have been a formidable opponent. And I wonder what, she must have some skeleton in the closet where people have said, you, the moment you stand, we're going to take that skeleton out. I don't know whether it's the lesbianism thing or whether it's something actually problematic. I don't know. Because she, she, at one stage, it looked like she, it was inevitable she was going to be the next candidate. And then suddenly there was no chance. But yeah, Condoleezza against Hillary would have been very interesting. It would, wouldn't it? And bad too, because as, as we know, she isn't a goodie. Condoleezza Rice isn't a goodie, as much as I she's yeah. so bizarrely likable. She's 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 admirable, likable, and a baddie. Like yes. like Serverlan. I don't know who that is. Blake Seven. I've never seen Blake Seven. I'm very young. I, How have the, you seen Blake yes, Seven? We watched we watched it on DVD, deciding that we wanted to see if it was, was it any good. Yes. Well, aspects of it are corny and hammy, but aspects of it aren't. It was quite funny. The, the, um, this future dystopia and Blake Seven was a rebel. And, uh, the way that they, they were going to send him to prison because the government concocted charges of pedophilia against him. Really? Gosh. It was interesting. Oh. The 70s. Yeah. Little did they know. (sighs) Are you saying that, are you saying that he was, Blake really was a pedophile? Well, well, the actor might have been. I no, no, know. I, I mean, mean the character. Are you accusing maybe. him of that? All, all actors in and characters in the seventies were. We now realise it's true. Watching all those, watching the Good Life now, mm-hmm. realizing that Tom was a paedophile is, is much harder. Was he? Are you sure? <laughs> Just making a funny joke. I was thinking no, the nicest, I, well, I, the nicest so, person and the nicest no, character on no, television. No, but that's the problem. I'm. I'm so. Um, <laughs> I'm, well, he's uh, dead uh, now. Uh, Bryce is dead. So, yes, he was a paedophile. Well, I, I don't, you know, you, you tree got so complex for a while. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if you told me Richard Bryars had been a fiddler. And I hope not, but... I was making a funny joke. Well, it's difficult to tell what's a funny joke. I mean, a few years ago, if it had said, oh, yeah, and Rolf Harris is a paedophile, that would have been, a, well, been a funny joke. He did have the creepy beard. Yeah, the baddie beard. I should have known the baddie beard. The baddie beard. Exactly. He was. He he was actually in another like a metastasized evil Colonel Sanders. On another Earth, there's a Rolf Harris who doesn't have that beard. Who's a good guy. Who's really nice and just presents fun cartoon shows. We really should have spotted that he was the evil world Rolf Harris a lot sooner. Rolf's Cartoon Club. You can join today. <laughs> I remember when he presented a program on the BBC. Yeah. Where he would link um, cartoons and he would draw the characters from the cartoons between each cartoon. So that wasn't just the so that second wasn't half Rolf's of Rolf's cartoon, cartoon no, Rolf's Cartoon Club had an audience and other interactive stuff and bits and bobs going on. But he would draw stuff on the Amiga yeah, and Ray Cradle cartoons, yes. Um, but no, this was just him sat in a little, in a, in a sort of broom cupboard like set and mm. linking cartoons. And you could see, if you look really carefully at a piece of paper, you could see he was, uh, he was drawing over pencil lines. Someone had been uh. penciled in for him. So he was. He was. So again, we should have known something was up then. Yeah. Oh, what a pity. <laughs> I've never really liked Rolf Harris. I used no. to find him really. Oh, no, he did Animal Hospital. 
But yeah, you mentioned this before. Yeah. You hated the bitter The segways. And little oh. Fluffy just couldn't make it through the night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought that you were going to do the joke. still better than John Coleshaw's. That's true. That was much better. Yeah. The Now Show's coming back, by the I way. I know. It's back tonight. <gasps> Everybody, tune in. <laughs> now Show. See, we have the radio on during dinner, and it always overlaps into past half six when we're having dinner with Toby. And then you start but, to hear him. We're gonna, and I, I'm going to have to leap up from the table and run across the room to protect his innocent little mind. Yeah. For new listeners to this podcast, uh, I want the you... The new listener. Li- listen to The Now Show. It's on BBC Radio the 4 now at 6.30. Uh, obviously, you can listen to it on, on iPlayer, but it's on at 6.30 on Fridays, and then it's repeated at 12, 12.15 on Saturdays. Listen to The Now Show. 12.04, I think you're fine. If you've never heard it before, listen to it, uh, or even if you have. And then... Listen to episode 10 of the Rum Doings yes. podcast, which you made a million years ago, which is our parody of the Now Show. And I'd be curious to see whether anything's changed or whether that parody <laughs> still has. works perfectly well. Oh, it's yeah. so rubbish. Yeah. Oh, and I'm it looking... features my arch nemesis. Oh, yes, of course. Who's, who has, other, on the other hand, has retweeted you. That's true. He does. I think he forgot that he hates me. <laughs> exactly. So, what are you doing this weekend, then? Are you going to some Brexit-y thing? You usually tend to. <laughs> yeah, I go to a big Brexit march this weekend. You, you went to the Brexit bus thing, and then you went to some other thing that was we went also to a, We went to a racist bus rally. That's nothing to do with Brexit. <laughs> the racist bus rally. It wasn't even racist this year. Last year, it was racist. Last year, it had all the gollywog adverts on the sides of the buses. But this year, it wasn't nearly so racist. Aren't you going to be going on the 5th of November to burn an effigy of these three judges? That's right. That's true. That would be great. Do you think Brexit will happen? Yes. My colleague Jake doesn't think it will. I think it will. I think it'll be softened by the what's happened. Hmm. Um, but if yeah, I think everyone's right. Koonsberg and the lot are right that May should just call, quickly call a vote and win it and then move on. Yeah. Well, you mean an election or a vote? No, a vote on Brexit. Just quickly call. She it. should actually call a general election. No, she shouldn't, and I'll tell you why. She is guaranteed, right now, Theresa May is guaranteed power till 2025. Yes. Corbyn's too stubborn and stupid to go before 2020. He'll stand in 2020. They'll be absolutely routed as a result. Yes. And she's guaranteed Prime Minister 25. If she calls an election now or next year or whenever, Mm -hmm. she resets that five years to today rather than in 2020. So she cuts her Prime Ministership short by four years. And you think the Labour Party might find a competent leader? Yeah, but I think she'll be so hated by 2025 that the inevitable swing it just it just does yeah. swing back and forth actually, like this so actually, she cuts her short her leadership by four years and she calls an election so it would be madness there you go i'm right thank you very actually much. do you know what do you know what what might actually happen i'm this has never happened before i don't think uh-huh but I, what actually might happen is when corbyn is completely routed mm-hmm. and loses the worst labor loss that's ever happened i think i know what you're going to say and i agree go on you know what I'm going to say. Go Guess on. who will still stay? Yep, he won't go. That's why he won't go. Too. He'll say, "I need to. I, I'm going to rebuild this party." <laughs> with... I think. You're right. Can you imagine? Yeah. That we actually, yeah, I can imagine very easily. That we. So and there's nothing that can get rid of him because there will be a, 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 a hundred, a ninety-nine point nine. Him and it'll be him and his girlfriend will be left. Yes. Um, every other Labour MP will vote no confidence, and the membership will keep him because the membership doesn't want to win it wants corbyn to be in charge 
Yes, it's yeah. a it's a personality oh, yeah. cult. It's a Ch- Chavez a personality cult, yes. so it'll just stay in forever. <laughs> that is funny. Yes, uh, good times. As, all, as as the whole country just falls apart, just... there'll be this. There'll 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 be Cor- Cor- Corbin and uh, and girlfriend together <laughs> sitting watching it as it decays. Oh, <sighs> lovely, lovely. As they say that in the north. Do they? They do. I don't approve of the north as a concept. Nor do I. I think Britain oh, the, should only have a South and then just stop. Oh, the nice thing. I would recommend anybody who buy, who wants to buy uh, a pure electric car should do it before March next year. Because at the moment there is a massive uh, EU subsidy where they'll pay five or six thousand pounds worth of the car. Ooh, nice. So go and do it now. But of course that'll be going soon. Yes. So. Enjoy it while you can. Shall we say goodbye to all our listener? No, I don't think we should. I think we should tease you a bit more of having a car called Zoe. <laughs> it's French. It's Renault. Renault Zoe. Yes. Now, now do you now do you feel slightly attracted to no, it? No. Yes, actually, I do. <laughs> I want I to do. put my winky in your car's exhaust pipe. Except it Except doesn't have one. Doesn't have one. Ah! In her charging port. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I want everybody to email us podcast at rumdoings.com i don't care what you email yes but but your homework today is you just have to email something yeah, i'm just, just curious. don't even have to email anything you could leave the subject and the, <laughs> the content blank yes ideally i'd like you to email me a sonnet but you can email me um anything you want podcast at rumdoings.com cheers and have a good weekend <laughs> bye bye